0: who's in charge who's in charge as we look around the world around us COVID-19 American presidential elections political turmoil in Nigeria Christians being persecuted around the world riots and racism the ever-shifting moral and ethical landscape making it harder and harder to, to live God's way in public who's in charge As we come to the second half of Daniel with all its weird apocalyptic visions, it's like the curtain of the world is is being lifted and we're getting a glimpse of the unseen power who's ruling over all things. Brothers and sisters, what God is telling us today from Daniel chapter 7 is this. Take heart. God's kingdom has been established and judgment will come. Please bow your heads to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our king, and our redeemer. Amen. I'd encourage you, uh, if you weren't here last week or weren't listening last week, to go back and listen again or to watch Rob's excellent sermon uh, where he introduced to us this uh, apocalyptic literature. Essentially, it's like the change from telling a story to watching a movie. And Rob gave us three really helpful tools to use when we come to this kind of writing. Uh, He gave us the context tool, uh, and that's looking at the context around the passage. He gave us the imagination tool, simply using our imagination. And he gave us also the biblical imagery tool seeing how the rest of the Bible uses similar pictures or words or images. And we'll be doing some of this as we go through chapter 7 today. Okay, so let's uh, dive into the weird and wacky world of Daniel chapter 7. If you've been paying attention in this series, some of what we've just heard read to us will sound really familiar to you. And here we pull out our context tool. Okay, put your thinking caps on. Where else in the book of Daniel have we heard about four kingdoms that will come to an end, and a new kingdom will be set up that will never be destroyed. Daniel chapter 2, right? Using our imagination tool, we can see that Daniel is being given an overlapping vision to that of King Nebuchadnezzar that he received from God back in chapter 2. You'll remember that in chapter 2, King Neb was given a dream of a statue made of four different kinds of metal representing four different kingdoms. The head of the statue was gold, wasn't it? And God said that this represented King Neb. If you have your Bibles open, you'll see from our reading that verse 4, the first beast is described like a lion. Now, pulling out our biblical imagery tool, we read in Jeremiah chapter 4 and 50 that King Neb is likened to a lion. This lion in chapter 7 is described as having wings like an eagle. Well, when King Neb became full of pride in chapter 4, God afflicted him with the mind of an animal and with his hair that grew like the feathers of an eagle. In the vision, the eagle wings are ripped off the lion and it's raised onto its feet like that of a human and given the mind of a human. What happens to King Neb at the end of his beastly transformation in chapter 4, verse 34? My eyes were raised towards heaven and my sanity was restored. His hair fell away. He was raised to his feet. He was given a human mind back to him. The gold head of Daniel chapter 2 is the winged lion of Daniel chapter 7. And so the other beast mentioned here matches part of the statue. Now God gave King Neb his dream to show him clearly that God was in control over the rising and the tumbling of kingdoms and nations. But God wants to show Daniel and his people more than that now. In Daniel chapter 2, we're told that the kingdom of iron and clay would be strong yet brittle. But now we're being shown how this strength, this might will be used. Verse 7, with its iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims and trampled what was left. We're told in the interpretation in verse 25 that a king within this kingdom will speak blasphemy against God and will severely oppress his people. Now we can look back over history and we can see that uh, this may uh, match to the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire. Either way, what Daniel is seeing is a future of successively violent and evil kings who will rise up and harm and persecute and destroy God's people. And isn't that the way of the world around us today? For us here in Surbiton, it might not be violent destruction, but in other parts of the world, it really is. Where Christians are persecuted, are marginalized, their voices shut out of politics like we heard about in Nigeria just now. Their church is being ransacked or burned to the ground. But we too face opposition in England, don't we? Our children who are laughed at for believing in Jesus or saying grace at lunchtimes. Our students being pressured to do things they know God says is harmful to them. The school teachers who are hearing about regularly losing their jobs for promoting God's way of life. The nurses facing tribunals for wearing crosses or asking someone to pray. The doctors being pressurized to perform abortions. Have you felt the iron teeth of this world crush themselves around you as you've tried to live for Jesus? When we add all this up and we look at the beastly powers that rule the world around us and try to crush our Christian voices, it's easy to lose hope, isn't it? It's easy to wonder if this would ever end, if justice would ever come if God's kingdom rule will ever break out. Brothers and sisters, when you feel this way, take heart. God's kingdom has been established. And as we'll come to see, judgment will come. In chapter 7, verse 9, we see God the Father, the Ancient of Days, take his seat among the heavenly courts, And bring his judgment on these four beasts. How does this judgment come? Well, again, let's get out our context tool and look back to Daniel chapter 2. Now, do you remember what happened to the statue in Daniel chapter 2? It was destroyed, wasn't it? By a rock that became a kingdom that covered the whole earth. This rock was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who smashed into this world 2,000 years ago during the might of the Roman Empire. And the rock of chapter 2 is given greater vision here in, chapter, in verse 13 of chapter 7. And there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority Glory and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. There's some argument about when the events of Daniel chapter 7's dream occur. Have they happened or is this a time yet to come? Well, When we pull out our biblical imagery tool, we get a clear answer from the New Testament. Firstly, we find Jesus applying this uh, text to himself when the Jewish leaders approach him in Mark chapter 14, verses 61 to 62. Again, the high priest asked Jesus, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, coming on the clouds of heaven. God gave Jesus all authority, glory, and sovereign power because of his humble submission to the will of his Father God, like a Son of Man. Like Paul writes about in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11. to Paul writes, And being found in appearance as a man, After he was raised to eternal life from the grave, he gave his great commission. And Jesus confirmed that this had happened in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And at the start of the book of Acts, with his disciples, we witness this moment. The moment that Jesus is enthroned in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. After Jesus had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Isn't that amazing? It's like as the apostles watched Jesus ascend from the earth into heaven to be covered by clouds, Daniel was seeing the exact same thing from a heavenly perspective that as the Son of Man passed through the clouds and is inaugurated as God's forever king over 550 years before it happened, Daniel was seeing it. I mean, wow! Just wow! Daniel was having a vision of Jesus' coronation, though he wouldn't completely understand it or know who he was seeing. Brothers and sisters, take heart. God's kingdom has been established. Jesus has proven himself to be God's forever king who is ruling and reigning this day and forever. And if we trust in him, we are his kingdom people. And verse 27, because he won the kingdom on our behalf, in our place, he will hand it over to us, his people, as co-heirs with him for eternity. Okay, you might be wondering, if Jesus has conquered, why do these beastly empires still persist today? The Bible tells us that we are living in a a time between times, the now and not yet. The now of the kingdom breaking into our realities, with people turning to saving faith in King Jesus, with miracles breaking out, with the promised Holy Spirit making his home in all of us who believe. But it's also the not yet, where things aren't fully what they should be. Where God is allowing time for people to turn to him as he renews his broken world. It's like the war was won on that first Easter morning 2,000 years ago. But little battles are still taking place as the wounded enemy, the devil, retreats before he is finally destroyed. We have seen this time and time again in Daniel. God establishes kings and he deposes of them. God is in complete control. He's in complete control over COVID. He's in complete control over the situation in Nigeria. He is in complete control over the presidential election in America. He is allowing these things to happen. And in most cases, we won't know why until we meet him face to face. But he is in complete control. And one day, in his perfect timing, verse 10, he will hold court. And he will open his books. And everyone will be judged for their sins against God the Most High. But, at that same time, Jesus will open his Lamb's book of life. And everyone whose names are recorded in that book will be forgiven of every sin they have ever committed because Jesus has taken their punishment in their place. Daniel knew judgment was coming, but he was still deeply troubled at the future pain that would come upon God's people. Brothers and sisters, this world is broken. You don't need me to tell you that. And there is injustice wreaking havoc across it every day. But lift your eyes to heaven. Knowing that one day God will hold court. And he will bring his perfect judgment. And justice will be done. If you love Jesus cry thanks to God that his judgment fell upon Jesus rather than on you. And if you don't yet recognize Jesus as your king, ask yourself what God's justice would look like if the book of your life was set before him in all its detail. Turn to Jesus and find mercy from a God who has prepared a place for you in his kingdom. If you turn from your sinful desires to live as your own king and humbly submit yourself instead into the loving arms of King Jesus. Brothers and sisters, take heart. God's kingdom has been established. And judgment and justice will one day come. Amen.